Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So, what is going on? Another episode of the Cold Strong Power Podcast. And uh, how I've been doing it recently is by going live on Instagram, talking to people, answering questions live. So we're going to do that tonight. Uh, couldn't tell you what episode of the Power Podcast this is, so... As soon as people start hopping on here, we'll start asking or uh, getting questions asked, and we'll be answering those questions. In the meantime, if I don't have any, um, I have questions that uh, we went to. We did put a, a question box in there on the way down. We're in North Carolina, by the way. We're in the hotel room and uh, have a seminar tomorrow at Strength Empire Gym. Hey, what's going on, dude? Uh, so we're, we're going to do that and uh, have some fun tomorrow. Let's see, we got one question here on the live chat. How do you perform speed bench in a bench shirt? I I do not. I don't I think speed work is worthless. I think speed work sucks. Uh, if a bench has some speed to it, that's cool, but I don't train for speed. I think speed work is like a, for, for the fucking birds. So no speed work at all. If you're gonna do speed work, the percentages and weights are so low in order to achieve maximal velocity that you can't really use a shirt. You'd have to do it raw with accommodating resistance. All the things I hate, so I don't do it. So we have uh, George asking, is there much difference between the F8 stock collar and the custom hardcore collar? Uh, the custom one that looks like an actual like scooped bench shirt. Um, it's more, it, it looks cooler. It's not going to change the dynamic of the shirt very much. I do have a uh, stock triple ply. Now, Rob has shortened the sleeves for me, so it's legal. But um, besides that, it's all stock, stock collar. And um, no, it, it, it performs exactly the same. Uh, it, it is easier to manipulate the shirt up and down when you have that scoop. So um, I, I, mean, I think it helps. Maybe it doesn't. So... Well, only time will tell. I'm, I've only been in these Pharrells for about six or seven months. Thomas on the live. Hi, Jim. Thanks for explaining the tri-dominant part earlier. You were very welcome. Makes a lot more sense now for both raw and equipped. Good. Glad to hear that. Kyle Anderson. What's your true size on F6? Saw your video. I'm manipulating the sizing on it. At 324, I wear... But... It, it fluctuates. Sometimes I wear a 48, sometimes I wear a 50. Um, and I always have the chest plate downsized to a 46. Absolutely. Arguably, in my opinion, uh, an F6 can be worn even tighter than a katana because the material is thinner, 26% thinner than a layer of katana. So theoretically, you can wear it even tighter and get even more out of it. And ironically, my best performance in the gym, single ply, was with an F6, not a katana. Even though I have my heaviest single ply lift in a katana, um, but in the gym, my best full range reps in a katana was 1,060 for a really shitty double, and I've done 1,050 for a triple full range 
and a single ply F6. I love the F6, it's a really good shirt. What we got here? Ghillie suit. What are your suggested accessory workouts if you were trying to get better at getting down in a band shirt? I mean, upper back work, forearm work, just in general. I mean, I don't change anything from poly to band shirt, so it all stays pretty much the same. Work your forearms, work your biceps, triceps, shoulder. Work your entire upper body, you know? Like Scott Mendelson said, I'm quoting him, when he says, if a chain, if there's a weak link in the chain that breaks, it's no longer a chain. If you're, if you're thinking about like a circular chain, if it breaks. So if your forearms are lack, if your biceps are lax, then something's gonna uh, keep you from uh, moving forward. So just work your entire body and just be in that shirt as often as possible. Bobby Fultz is saying, switching from raw to multiply in a few weeks, tips and advice. Um, be in your shirt at least once a week, because you have to learn it, you have to be proficient with it. Uh, depends on what kind of shirt it is as well. Uh, if it's a poly or if it's a band shirt. So being it, be in it at least once a week, learn it. Uh, make sure you break it in. If it's a poly, break it in slow. Don't try to go right down to the boards with heavy weight. You gotta break those fibers in slowly. Work your top end uh, raw, do your top end raw stuff, and uh, bottom end shirt uh, down the road. Try to take weights as close to full range as often as you can. One board and half board. Two board, three board, four board in equipment is absolutely worthless. If you're gonna do two, three, and four board, do that raw. Don't do it in a shirt. Um, and just be, and just learn. Just always be learning. Thomas says, so what's the difference between a one-ply F6 versus a Super Katana? What makes it such a difference for you? It's the difference in the material itself. It's uh, NXG Plus is the F6, so the second generation NXG, and the Super Katana is made of NXG Super Plus, which is a third generation NXG. And one layer of Katana is 26% thicker than one layer of F6. That's the biggest difference. The cut is almost identical. The sleeves on the F6 are straight seam, not the torque seam on the sleeve that's patented on the katanas. That's the biggest difference. It's, it's all in the material. Let's see, Kyle Anderson, I struggle getting my F6 collar down so low. Any tips on how to get it lower? Honestly, stay away from the collar crap. I know it's really popular to like yank those collars down. Um, I, I, I say that's kind of crap. I, I would rather, I adjust my shirts by uh, uh, manipulating the sleeves. Um, but if you really want to get the collar lower, then have somebody grab it in the front and then have somebody else take the back. I can't reach because I'm too inflexible. But let's say this is the back of your shirt, this hand, this is the front. Have the guy in the front pull this down while the guy in the back pulls this up. Like it's trying to get the shirt higher on the back of your neck while simultaneously pulling the shirt down the front. And you're gonna requ it requires having a belt to then cinch it down to make sure the shirt doesn't ride back up. Sorry. Life water, some hotel stuff. Anyway, we're in North Carolina, by the way. I mentioned that at the beginning, we're in a hotel room. So, Timmer, what's up Timmer? Hey, Jimmy. What are your main max effort exercises? Max effort, well, floor press with a with a band tool. Uh, 
board extensions, often with band tools, dead stop presses, but starting from the top, either raw or with a band tool. Hmm, that's about it. Used to be a lot more, but I, I've, I've since weeded a lot of different things out that just kind of don't work for me. Thomas says, but I remember you talking a couple of months ago about material indeed being thicker, yes, but generally a super katana then would be better because of less layers and more support per layer. Or is my memory shit? No, it's not shit. That's exactly it. Um, but the thing is, in my opinion, this is this is kind of like me just kind of working the gears in my head. If the material is indeed thinner, then in theory, you should be able to wear it tighter. So yes, you're sacrificing uh, support per layer because it's a thinner material, but because you can wear it so much tighter, uh, because it is thinner, um, in my opinion, that's gonna that that would actually make it a better shirt. So it's it's size versus tightness versus layers. It's all of these things you have to consider. Let's see. There you go. So that's for you, Kyle Anderson, Tim, Travis McKinney on there giving you some giving you some tips. So what we got next here? I got another. Uh, a question from uh, earlier today. Iron Warrior said, any tips for a long-limbed <laughs> poverty bencher like me stuck around 110 kilos since long? Um, hey, what's up, Paul? Uh, any tips for long-limbed poverty bencher? Well, if you, 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 you're already at a mechanical disadvantage uh, because of your long arms, but you have to train at an even further mechanical disadvantage. So if you always bench wide because you're trying to take advantage of the wide grip because you have long limbs, train close grip for a while. Train uh, incline for a while. Make yourself more mechanically shitty so that when you go back to your, for you, your mechanically efficient move, you will be stronger then. That's kind of what I think. Oh, lemon lime Kool-Aid. That sounds good. <laughs> nice to have you on here. Do smaller sizes equal more weight or just more of a chance of ripping? If you break the shirt in correctly, you have a very, very, very minimal chance of uh, ripping it. Um, with poly, it's not a band shirt. You can't just throw it on and go right into it. You have to actually take time to break it in properly. So for example, the first few times I wear it, I'm only using four or five plates doing little quarter reps at the top, like three sets of 10 something like that. I'm trying to break the fibers in. They're really tight woven. I want to kind of break and kind of loosen up the fibers a little bit before I start actually using the shirt and stretching it and making that material work and move back and forth. So, I mean, are, I mean, yes, you would think the tighter it is, the more chance it has it ripping because you're putting, you're stretching it to its uh, ultimate max. But at the same time, if you break it in properly and know what you're doing, then no, I think you have a very minimal chance of ripping. Thomas, I see. So because it's thinner, it's easier, pliable, kind of like medium versus heavy versus mega cifrous straps. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. Oh, Matt's on here. What's up, Matt? Travis McKinney. Out of curiosity, what are your heavy work working weights for tricep movements, such as skull crushers, JM press, rolling dumbbells, or a couple of your staple movements? I've since moved away from doing a lot of like ex um, extension movements. Uh, I have substituted that for like my reverse grip benching, uh, reverse grip board work, 
um, things of that nature, close grip work. Oh, cool, you worked up to 255 for Anna Barbell Skull Crushers, cool. Um, I don't know, I, I, I really wish I could tell you. Um, man, I haven't done, right now for the last few months, people on Patreon would be able to tell you better how long, how long it's been. I've been really infatuated with uh, single arm pushdowns, single arm movements. No, no really heavy barbell stuff, no heavy dumbbell stuff. A lot of that has to do with me taking time away from my shoulders. Um, so I, last year, I think I were, I was doing like, I was working with 225 for a while on like barbell skull crushers. I was incline JM extending, I hate calling it a press, it's an extension. Incline JM pressing like with three plates plus. Um, but that's, that's the ball. I can't tell you. I've done dumbbell, rolling dumbbell things with 100, 105, 115 pound dumbbells. That's just a long time ago. So, couldn't tell you now. <laughs> Mike's on here, hello. Steve Quack, how come bench press isn't a strongman comp lift? Well, it, you know, if you if you go way back into YouTube and the archives of YouTube, you can find strongman competitions from like the late 70s, early 80s, where the bench press is actually indeed a uh, strongman event. I've seen them actually bench a giant, they have like this giant log and they have to like crawl underneath of it and then you have to not only push, but you have to balance it because it's super wide and you got your hands, right? So it has been in some form or another in strongman, but it's just not, it's just, I don't know, that's a good question. Matt, ever do any JM presses with a bamboo bar? No, I, I got away from JM presses because um, that's what hurt my elbow. And those of you that are that do uh, subscribe on the Patreon, remember it was last January, January of 2021, <laughs> a, a week before I benched 1,050, and I hurt my elbow doing incline JM presses. So JM presses have since weeded themselves out of my training. I do not do them at all. But I, no, I've never actually done... A JM press with a bamboo bar. No. Kyle Anderson, let's see. Last question. By manipulating the sleeves, are you shortening them or folding them? I'm doing neither. I'm actually torquing them. I'm twisting the sleeves. And the only pain in the ass part of that is that you have to take the shirt completely off each time you do it. So let's say for uh, an opening attempt in the bench, you got the collar high and you have the sleeves straight. And then you uh, say, you know, you bench 600 pounds. You want to bench 650 on the next attempt. Take the shirt off, uh, put it back on, but instead of putting the sleeves on like this, you put the sleeves on like this, see? This way, not this way. Uh, hands towards the ceiling. And if the sleeves are tight enough, that's the trick too, they can't be loose sleeves. When you twist back, pronated, that twisting, that torquing of the sleeve actually takes the chest plate and torques it like this, makes it tighter. Um, that's what torquing the sleeves means. My last four or five competitions in single ply, I never pulled the neck down. I just adjusted my shirt by manipulating the sleeves. There you go. Charles, I rotate them two to three weeks on. Oh, you rotate them. I got you. Two to three weeks on each movement and wave them. It goes back and forth. I see. Yeah, I've had to... <laughs> 
take a take a back to uh, have really super heavy extensions and things. When I hurt my elbow, I hurt it in January of 2021, and it was hurt all the way to July of 2021. Seven months. I couldn't do an extension. It was my left arm. I couldn't do an extension with a 10-pound dumbbell. That's how bad it hurt. So I did no tricep work, no extensions, no pushdowns, no kick, dumbbell kickbacks. I couldn't do anything. I could do two things in the gym, reverse grip bench and shirted bench. Reverse grip bench kept my triceps strong, but also made them stronger over the course of those seven months. My bench kept going up in competition. So I did no tricep work besides reverse grip bench because for some reason that position didn't hurt my elbow, but everything else did like pronated bench, skull, and I couldn't do any, I could reverse grip bench and I could shirted bench. That's it. My bench went up. That's how important reverse grip is to me. You see me right about the size of the supercharged Ram. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay, good. Large. Yeah. Go with the large. And then honestly, I mean, I really don't think a medium would fit you. I think you're too big for it. Yeah, reverse, Mike says, reverse grip bench presses off boards, what make the triceps? That is exactly right. Matt says, I'm not big JMs at all because they make elbows ache a ton. But with a bamboo bar with light weight for high reps, they feel pretty restorative. Okay, well, then I might have to indulge. I might have to indulge and try because, uh, god damn, I just could not... That was what, that was, I thought I was screwed. That's how bad I was doing a down set on the JM presses on incline. And I, I'm on like my eighth, it was like two plates on my eighth rep on my second set. I felt like a hot knife went in my elbow through here and then came out this side. Like, just, and I was like, whoa, never felt that before in my entire life. And I could not do anything. I could not do any tricep work for seven months. But reverse grip benching kept them strong and made them stronger in those seven months. My bench kept going up. So I, I went from benching 1,050 in January to benching 1,120. This is all single ply. 1,120 in June within six months. And I did no tricep work in those six months. I only reverse grip benched. Roomstick says... Since we're on the topic of bench band sizing, do you think the Pharrell size chart is accurate for a lanky 165er? Yes, I think it's accurate. Um, I'm not a 165er, so I can't tell you it's 100% foolproof and because everybody's different. You're a 165er, there's probably you know another 2,000 165ers out there and they all look completely different. Different body lengths, different mechanics. So nothing is going to be perfect. It is fairly accurate. If you want more insight, you can always just message or call Rob, just to, just to be sure. Oh, I gotta stay hydrated. All right, <clears throat> let's see. Lemon Lime Kool-Aid says, when will we stop calling it a RGBP and start calling it a cold press? Uh, you guys, I, I'm not gonna take any claim. Um, if, if over time people start calling it that, that I'd be flattered, but I am not gonna come out and say, this is this is the cold press now. That's fucking egotistical, man. I'm not gonna do that crap. So if other people start calling it that, that'd be great. Uh, but I'm not gonna take claim uh, to a movement that I was actually shown by somebody else. 
um, a long time ago. Travis McKinney, do you did you do anything to to calcify the bone in your palm for reverse grip? No, I did not. Pain tolerance is one of my limiting factors with RGBP. I can get right to the point where I fail based on strength, but no way. No, it just, you just have to commit to it and just start doing it. At one point when I first started doing it, 220, he's referring to the RGBP I do where I hold it between my two fingers here and the bar sits vertically in the palm like this. And all that weight is sitting right here on that bony part of the palm right there because it's not sitting horizontal anymore, it's vertical. 225 used to like floor me. It was bad. I, I couldn't do it. Um, would I be able to use a RAM or something with RGBP? Yes, you can. I've done it. I've done reverse grip bench with my Widowmakers, which they're, they're more a sim more simple design tool, so it's easier to get it on and off and everything than a supercharged RAM, which is a pain in the ass. Um, just fully commit to it, and that pain tolerance will come because 225 hurt like I couldn't like I almost couldn't sleep that night it hurt so bad but then four or five months ago I did 900 pounds in, in my in my Widowmaker reverse grip so just, just give it time and commit to it it will get better Timmer says I heard from someone that the part of the tricep for benching is the medial head and otherwise have said the N con I, this is, I can't pronounce these I'm not smart uh, no, the most important head of the tricep is the long head. That's the outermost head. So you got the lateral head, that horseshoe shape, but you can't see in the light. The horseshoe lateral head, the medial head, you can't even see. It's, it's tucked underneath here. It's under here. And that big meaty part way, way back here, that's the lat, that's the long head. And that head is not, con the lateral and the medial are connected here and here, okay? The long head is connected here, and it goes into your back, actually. Long head. That's what's responsible for big benching. And one of the best ways to develop that head is a reverse grip bench press. <laughs> uh, Louis Simmons would say the same thing if he was still here. Matt, ever since I became a cyborg, I've not been able to do heavy tape presses either. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, JM Press, hey, all the respect to Mr. JM Blakely, I think he's a fucking wizard in the sport, but I cannot do that movement anymore. Can you tell me about hook grip, sir? I can't, I don't do hook grip at all, I'm sorry. Thomas, I can support the RGBP or even on full raw range, I couldn't bench at 1.175 for sets of 5, but your grip way... RGBP, I could get way more out of. So not back to where I was, but my reverse grip bench is only about 30, 45 pounds behind my normal comp grip. Hey, I mean, my reverse grip bench exceeded anything I was capable of pronated raw by 100 pounds in like seven months. It was incredible how fast it grew. I'm stronger reverse grip, yeah. Yeah, Katie's stronger with that grip too by a considerable amount. Is there any difference in effect between the Anthony Clark reverse grip and your grip? There really isn't. It's just my anatomy does not. So I can't do, like if I was gonna stand here with my arms on my side and trying to stay in frame, like when I, if, I tw if I naturally twist my hands, this is all I got. 
This is my natural joint limit on how much I can twist my, how much I can pronate. This is supinate, uh, supinate, sorry, supinate. So if I take a barbell and force my joints into this position, uh, I can't even do it without, um, a, a supinated position for me hurts me. So I can't, I can't do a true reverse grip bench. It hurts right here. I can't do barbell curls. I can't do I can't do barbell wrist curls. Being fixed in a position that is super supinated with a straight barbell, I can't do. So I do the talon grip, the fork grip, right, the RTBP, because it allows me to have nat more natural joint position. They still are both tricep destroyers, um, but there's no difference in effect. If I could do the full traditional, I would. I just physically can't do it, so I have to do the modified version. I got lost up top by this point now, but would the would I be able to use a RAM for RGBP? Was a oh okay yeah. Oh I I see okay I got you. Yeah I'm I'm just he's explaining a mistake at the top. I got it now. Paul Waffler says, I've just started a new bench routine. Cool. I do max effort on Tuesday. Then now on Saturday, instead of doing speed bench like Wes, I'm doing five sets of five medium grip off three board. Bar weight was 225. I plan on going up little by little each week. Okay, good. That's good. Because I, I tell these guys every single week, whoever's willing to listen to me run my gums, I hate speed work. Speed work, conjugate, dynamic, all that pendulum wave bullshit and all the bands and chains, I think it's all dog shit. I, re I really do. I'm very adamant that I absolutely despise speed work. Your true max effort bench is not going to be like this. It's going to be like this. So slow it's moving. <laughs> so it's better to teach your body to be strong over a long period of time. Not just having absolute strength, but having muscular endurance under heavy load, having work capacity, grinding capability. That's what you need. If your absolute strength is there, if you can do 300 pounds on extensions for sets of five, yeah, super strong. But what if that strength only lasts a couple of seconds and you're going to have a 10 second bench because you're under the most absolute, most max load you could possibly handle? If that strength only lasts a few seconds, then what's it matter? So I'm glad you're ditching the speed work. Oftentimes, also when I see speed work being done, it's being done completely wrong. It, it, it really is. People are teaching themselves to stop pressing with maximal force short of lockout because they never, they never lock out their reps when they do speed work. Lemon Lime Kool-Aid, what's the lightest weight you touched in an F8? Oh, yeah, I guess um, in my two-ply F8 at the WPO Bench Bash for Cash in Florida, my opener of 1140, I guess is the lightest way of touching an F8, uh, officially. Matt says, if you could only wear one type of shirt for the rest of your life, would it be single-ply, multiplayer, unlimited? Ah, oh, damn, man. That's a really deep question, as simple as it seems. Um, I don't know. I, I would. 
it's either single ply, fuck multiply. It's either single ply or unlimited because which one's going to get me the heaviest benches? Obviously, that's going to be the unlimited. But then I'm also the heaviest single ply bench presser in history. So it's like, which one do I stay with? That's really tough. I, I like being able to go through a workout and like not bleed from my arms and not completely blow out my face and my, and my shoulders and my back and my chest and not be on the floor for 15 minutes after a really grueling set. So having said all that, probably the unlimited because single ply is absolutely just fucking obliterates my body. Stronghold, how's it going? Good to have you on here. I'm trying to catch up guys. Did you already answer all the questions? Yeah. Well, not these ones. I'm, I'm answering the live. Logan, what does your training look like? Shit, man. A lot. <laughs> five days a week, two bench days, a back day, two lower body days. Um, that's the most simple way I can I can say it. It's on Patreon. It's on Patreon. <laughs> I think your light warm-up sets should be your speed work already. If you can't do 225 fast, good luck with 550. There you go. Logan, again. How do you feel about speed work on deadlift? Well, okay, so I think speed work is fine with like squat and deadlift. For bench, it doesn't work. I never, I don't, you know, I, I just, I can't condone it. I think it just doesn't make any fucking sense. Speed work on deadlift and squat, fine. That makes, that makes sense. Um, bench, no. Paul, how much weight does a collar add to the FH shirt? Uh, not really anything, to be honest. Um, it just makes it easier to manipulate it and set it where you want. Um, it's, it's more aesthetic. It's not really like a, you know, add poundage to the, to the bench or anything. So, uh, like I think Rob would tell you it's probably more aesthetic pleasing than it is like functional. It, it, it just, it adds a scoop. You can move it down further. So I guess on that note, if you can pull it down further, arguably get a little bit more out of it. Um, I have a triple ply with one of the stock collars and I absolutely fucking love it. I know a high level lifter once told me that the first time he benched 800 that it wasn't until he got in a shirt that he was able to touch as high as 500. What are your thoughts on the value in this? I mean, we're not going to competitions looking for who can touch the lightest weight in a bench shirt. So I don't know how much value it really adds. I, I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me to like, if you're a thousand pound bencher in your katana, but you can make, by manipulating the shirt and being patient, you can make 500 pounds touch. I don't really know. I, I'm bragging rights, I guess. I mean, I don't know what else you would really need that for, to be honest. Let's see. What do you do on your second bench day? So the bench day that is not shirted, I didn't say raw, I said not shirted. I'll do a, I'll do a variation, I'll do floor press. Uh, this is all max effort, heavyweight. I'll do floor press, I'll do board work. Um, I'll do dead stop presses from the top. I don't start at the bottom, I take a bench out, dead stop on the pins, push. Um, that's about it. <laughs> Would you try 1100 in a Ram? Well, my heaviest bench in a Ram is 1050. That's on my page, so you gotta scroll down quite a ways. Um, 
I'd probably try 1100 and a Widowmaker first. I don't think the Ram would be able to hold up to it, to 1100 pounds. That's in regards to polynotchous bandages, to clarify, I gotcha. I competed at the IPA meet in February. All right, cool, cool. My brother took me down. I had to leave Saturday night. Oh, okay. Which I was able to stay to see you bench. I just finished freshman year at college. I love your scholarships. Oh, well, thank you. It's not just for, it's not a, it's not a college scholarship. I know it says Cole Strong scholarship, but it's a, it's a, it's just a fund. It's, it's a amount of money that we just donate to young lifters to use for however they want. They could be competitors and need help with gym dues, gym fees, buying new equipment, gas in their car to get to the gym, competition fees, hotel, if they're going to a meet and they need hotel fare, whatever. Um, so yeah, it's not just for like, it's for teenage and junior lifters, so 13 to 23 year olds uh, for whatever they need. Not just like if you're in college and you, and you happen to get it, then that's, I guess that's the correlation. Awesome thing I think you started. Thank you. Charlie says, in your experience, what was the main differences between a super katana and a super low cut? Um, the collar on the super low cut, the LCC, low cut collar, is absolute dog shit crap. It stretches out in an instant. The first time you use the shirt, the collar is stretched out. That's the difference. <laughs> Plain and simple. Um, same cut, same construction, same material. The idea of the squared off collar makes sense, but the application of it is absolutely atrocious and you will stretch that collar out immediately. That is the difference. That's why I've never used them. <laughs> Big push, what's up, man? How did you like that Texas bench bar at the Bass Bencher? It was crap. Uh, I told me and Tanya had a, a conversation about that. With my weight, 1,200, almost 1,300 pounds, coming down, the bar was whipping back and forth like this. And I told Tiny, I said, dude, this is the baddest bencher on the planet competition. You had seven successful lifters bench 1,000 plus. You have to have the absolute most bulletproof, awesome bars, anything. All equipment has to be bulletproof. I said, next year? He's like, What's your, what do you suggest? I said, I really suggest the F8 bench bar. Nothing on this planet performs like an FA bench bar right now. It's the, it's one of a kind, the best bar out there. The Texas bench bars are crap. They are garbage barbells. Spike the Bulldog. I don't think speed work helps squat and deadlift either. Maybe if you're an explosive type lifter, but I do better being deliberate instead of fast. There you go. See, that's even more argument for uh, that speed work is for the birds. Matt, when are you guys moving back to Ohio? Tentatively in September. That is our tentative uh, leaving Virginia date is September. Yep, work six days a week just because I love lifting. Yep, I feel you. <laughs> Paul says I've started using my Widowmaker and I've have started to I have started to how touch in it. Once I get back in my FM, I'm going to start touching after or at least touch it a one board yeah no if you're in a shirt two board and higher is completely worthless i only do two board if i'm like deloading like the day i did i did uh 
I think I did a grand for like three sets of eight on a Wednesday as a deload day. It was on a two board. Um, but if you're looking to increase your bench, if you're in a shirt, one boards and half boards. Anything above a two board is gonna is gonna is is, is garbage. So I'm glad you're changing that as well. Bench as close to full range as possible without actually going full range. Maybe if you're if you're like oh, I'm not touched yet in this shirt, I need to know what it feels like. I need to know what I can do in a meet. Then touch in training. Other than that, I never touch. Stronghold is uh, asking, what is your opinion on hydration? What is your advice to stay hydrated? Well, my biggest advice is to stay the fuck away from Gatorade. Don't make that rookie mistake. I've made that rookie mistake multiple times up until about two years ago. I, I actually learned and I don't do it anymore. Stay the fuck away from Gatorade. You need water and sodium. One of my favorite things to do to hydrate is to drink Drink, not chug. Just drink water and eat beef sticks. Not the not the flat strips, but the actual like round, like the Slim Jims, but like uh, they come in packs and they're a little bit thicker than Slim Jims. Those are loaded with sodium. And sodium is going to help you retain everything that you take in. Gatorade has sugar in it. Sugar overactivates the kidneys, so guess what happens? You piss everything out like a racehorse. And you're a week on competition day. So stay away from Gatorade, sip water, eat beef sticks, sodium load a little bit, and just drink water. That's all you need. You don't need anything else. Let's see here. Barracuda Bart, that's a cool name. It looked like it. I had a lot of whip. Just got a F8 bench bar. Love it, but I'm not handling the weights you are. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, um, <laughs> it's fucking, um, yeah, that bar, I told Tiny, I said, hey, man, I can't I can't vouch for, like, benches that were a little bit less than mine in terms of the whip. But I said, dude, my opener at 1214, it was it was whipping like this. Not not up and down, sideways. I mean, to have to steady that while trying to get a successful bench is just next to possible. So, no, sir. I'm glad you're enjoying the medal, Spike says. I am. Thank you for all the recommendations. You gotta add that to my uh, Spotify list. Paul, oof, I've got hiccups now. Paul says, I have a new Dynabody bar. I've gone as heavy as 1,010 and the bar never bent. I had no Dynabody made barbells. I have a Sabretooth bench bar that was a uh, birthday present from Katie a few years ago. And that thing is held up amazing. They don't make it anymore. Sabretooth Bench Bar was sold through Elite FTS. And then uh, uh, I have an F8 Bench Bar, and I love them equally. They both have a charm to them, different characteristics to them. Uh, those are awesome bars. I didn't know, I did not know that Dynabody made a bar. Have you tried close grip in a shirt before? Years and years ago, back when I was like 20 years old, I did a little bit of close grip shirt work off of boards. Uh, I can't, no, nah, I, I don't. There, there's better ways to do it. I wouldn't do it in a shirt though. Paul says we drink lots of pickle juice. Oh. <laughs> That's, we were just talking, but we just had a burger joint tonight and uh, we had pickle chips fried pickle chips those are i'm not going to drink the water I'll, I'll drink if it's battered and deep fried i'll eat it but i'm not going to drink the water though but that's good tons and tons and tons of sodium yeah 
for hydration, ask YouTuber Google. Stan Efferding says that one of the most underrated performance-enhancing substances out there that's readily available is sodium, also vitamin D. Not actually a vitamin, it's actually a hormone. It's been wrongly labeled a vitamin. It's actually a hormone made in the kidneys. The human kidneys produces uh, the hormone that is called vitamin D. Orange juice and salt has been my intra-workout drink for a year now. Oh. I don't know what the science behind it, but it works better than any intra-carb or Gatorade-type drink. The only intra-carb I've uh, drank that actually I think does something is by Nutribio and it's called Leg Day, and it's in this green container, and that shit tastes, it's blue lemonade, and it's fucking delicious, um, and that has a laundry list of different ingredients, now that's the only one that I found that works, uh, that you can actually like purchase through a company. Barracuda says, tips on building raw strength, but keeping the CNS used to unlimited bench weights. Um then I would say you have to, oh, what the fuck? Building raw, but keeping the CNS used to, if you want to keep the CNS used to unlimited bench weights, then you have to handle said unlimited bench weights at least once per week. So be in your shirt, handle those weights. Under secondary day, do raw accessories, do raw bench, do sets of five, like five by fives. Um, Three by threes, mechanical disadvantage, close grip, reverse grip, uh, spoto presses are fucking, spoto presses did wonders for my raw bench when I did my 605 raw last year. I used a lot of spoto presses, reverse grip, and that really built the fuck out of my raw bench. Uh, in my opinion, I don't think raw bench, raw strength, and this is going to be kind of controversial, is necessary for, and I, I'm, I'm speaking very carefully, it's necessary, but... Ever since I stopped paying attention to my raw bench, like I said, I worked up to a, a reverse grip 605 last year just to fucking do it once. And I did it and I never did it again. Um, it took me about six weeks to get there with, with like direct training to do it. Um, and my, my shirted bench went nowhere because of it. It, it didn't have my shirted bench at all. So if you want to bench the heaviest fucking numbers you possibly can and the band shirts or the poly shirts, you have to specialize for it. And benching raw while cool is not going to build your shirted bench. It just isn't. There's a lot of other things to do. And this is what I, when I coach, I only have a, I have a very small list of people that I, I personally like help and send programs to. Um, they don't do hardly any raw benching at all. Because we're equipped lifters, we don't compete raw. There are other things you could be doing with your time and training to help your shirted bench besides benching raw. Went down a rabbit hole. Uh, would you do two and three boards for overload, or do you not do overload work? I know you don't use accommodated resistance. No, accommodated resistance for me is toxic fucking microwave garbage. I hate that shit. For me to overload properly, I'd have to handle in excess of 1,500 pounds. I've taken 1,400, 1,405, and 1,425 all to a one board. So a proper overload off a higher board or a static hold would have to be in excess of 1,500 pounds right now. And it's just not necessary to do that. So I don't overload right now. So no. Um, but if you needed to overload, I would just... 
I would either just take a static hold for 10 seconds or take it, to, don't do a three board, fuck that, just take it to a two board. That's what, that's what I would do. Let's see. Trying to catch up here, let's see here. Matt says, what's your favorite competition bench you've ever used? Um, I, hmm. I like the Dynabody benches. I think those things are fucking... Forza can suck my sack. I hate Forza benches. Um, I, I think Dynabody is, is the way to go. Uh, I've been on the lead FTS bench. I haven't had good experiences with those yet. Maybe I was just on a wrong lead FTS bench. Um, I like... <laughs> for training for the last almost three years, it brought me to ten... Uh, consecutive thousand plus pound competition benches. We've been benching on a Titan, a knockoff Rogue Power that has like the cage built around it. Uh, Titan Fitness. I've been on that bench for almost three years, and and built ten ten benches over a thousand pounds out of it. So, but I, I would say competition. It's definitely the Dynabody. Matt, how long did it take you in order to get to the point of being able to wear a bench shirt every single week? I've been doing that since the beginning, since I was 18 years old. My first shirt was given to me by Adam Hicks, a Karen Klein double denim <laughs> with some serious miles on it. Had a tear right here. Never got any bigger, but it was always there. Um, he told me to be in the shirt every single week. So I've been doing that since I was 18, so 14 years. I've been doing shirt work every single week. So right from the beginning. Oh, and being able to recover from it? I've, I've always been able to recover from it. Once in a while, at the first time I handled 1400, which was to a one board, um, it took me two weeks to fully recover from that overload. I still came in the next week, but I was like visually, I was like, you could see me shaking under all my weights. I still benched 1,200 pounds full range that day, but I couldn't go heavier than that. So sometimes I'll still be in my shirt the next week, but I won't go as heavy because I physically can't. But sometimes it takes two weeks, but on the norm, I can recover in one week. And don't ask me how. I don't have a fucking, I can't answer that. Lemon Lime, when's 1,500 to a one board happening? Not for a while. Um, I want to successfully bench 1,400 pounds in competition this year. And then, once that happens, we'll talk about 1,500 down the road. Um, I think after I bench 1,400 in a competition, I want to switch back to single ply. And, and uh, shoot for my, my, my all-time single ply goal of benching 1,200 pounds in single ply. Psychopath, what is your log lift and stone lift record? I don't, I don't do either one of them shits, so I don't have a record. Have you ever lifted a stone? Nope. That's strongman stuff. I don't do any of that. Well, you did the stein tosses. That's com that's completely different. I know, but that's a big stone. Yeah, it's 138 pounds. It's not strongman style, or strongman weights. Mm -hmm. Raw bench doesn't help shirted bench because you need so much more lockout strength for shirts. So I mean, I'll say. Hang on a sec. Yeah. Um. If you're uh, Thomas, you're really low 99% of the time. Uh, yeah, any, any way, as long as you're in a piece of equipment that's going to mimic the shirt, a supercharged rim is a perfect way to do that. If you're going to train alone, 
and you can't shirt up every week, supercharged RAM is a good way to go. Do you do anything specific for nutrition, food, or sups? What's your go-to? I eat everything in sight. A lot of fucking rice, a lot of salt on the rice, chicken, um, fast food. I, I'm in a driveway or drive through every other fucking day, it seems. And a lot of weight gainer. That's, that's it. I eat like shit, mostly. Jimmy has the Wolverine gene. <laughs> I don't know, man. Mothman's on here. Oh, and Cody's on here, too. What's up? Will we return to Multiply Poly anytime soon? I hate Multiply Poly. I fucking absolutely fucking hate it. So if I... Oh, we're at the bottom now. We're caught up. If I do Multiply, then I'm probably going to wear a single ply shirt and just register as multiply. I despise multiply poly shirts. I fucking hate them. I, I, I've done it a lot in my past. These days, despise it. So I'll be in single ply, either single ply shirt, either in single ply division or in a single ply shirt in the multiply division. I will not wear a multiply bench shirt. I'm sick of it. <laughs> 1400 would be amazing. 1500 would be sick. Yeah, <laughs> it would be. <laughs> we'll see. All right, makes sense. Figured I'd ask. Okay. What do you think is best strength builder for lockout? Um, there's a lot of things. Um, the the thing is is um I I'm not gonna just say. Oh, I think three board work, two board work, rack lockouts, JM, blah, blah, blahs, floor. What I'm going to say, this is going to be kind of a twisted thing, is you have to learn the most effective way to develop your lockout is first to actually learn how to activate the triceps. And that sounds ridiculous. I'm not going to say, oh, extensions and reverse grip. All the tricep work in the world means dick if you cannot apply the triceps to the bench press itself. That might sound complicated. That might sound stupid simple. It might be both. So I think athletes should learn how to properly engage triceps. And I'll be honest, it took me 16 years to learn how to actually do this in the bench. This only happened two years ago that I actually learned how to fucking do this properly, if that says anything at all. 16 years of lifting before I finally figured it out. You have the strongest triceps in the world, and if you can't, if you can't apply that in the bench properly, it doesn't mean anything. So I, this, is, this is one of my biggest topics that I'm gonna talk about in the seminar tomorrow at Empire Strength Gym. And uh, the whole seminar is gonna be recorded. And for you guys on Patreon, it's going to be available for you to watch, and then eventually we'll have it um, on our website, the Cold Strong website, uh, for purchase for like 15 bucks or something like that. The whole, however long it lasts. So learn how to properly engage triceps, or all the tricep work in the world doesn't mean a thing. I've heard you talk about when you hit a big lift, when you lose your vision and hearing and shake, what exactly caused that to happen? CNS overload. If I get up off the bench and my hearing goes away, it's like a ping. It's like a, a little ping. It's like ping. And it gets louder and my hearing is gone for about a minute. 
that's just your CMS being like, what the fuck did you just do? It's just reacting. Everybody reacts different. All of our physiology is a little bit different than every human that's ever lived is living and will ever live. It's just a little bit different than the next person. And my CMS, when it gets overloaded, certain things happen. Vision kind of blurs. Hearing kind of boom, kind of goes away. Shaking once in a while. Doesn't happen very often these days. Real fit as, okay. <laughs> What's your favorite single ply shirt? Right now, it's the Titan Super Katana. Second to that would be the Titan F6. Are two of my absolutely favorite single ply shirts on the market. And until somebody benches more than 1,120 pounds in a single ply shirt, I can take it to the bank and tell you that the Titan Super Katana is the greatest single ply shirt on the market that you can possibly buy. So somebody buy a a different single ply and, and bench 1121 or something, then they can uh, argue with me. Would you train one or two days a week more, but just but just lit cardio, L-I-T, zone two stuff? I don't have a fucking clue what either one of those things are. Helped my recovery in between sets a lot in two months. Don't feel gas all training on heavy lifts. Send me some material on that because I don't... Uh, I don't know what I don't know what any of that is. <laughs> Why do you hate the multiply poly specifically? Because it's so goddamn cumbersome. Because it's so hard to get correct. I have mastered the single ply. I know how to manipulate it. I know how to size it. I know how to move it up, and I, I can. I can it's like a, it's like having a manual Jeep Wrangler as compared to a six-speed automatic Dodge Charger. You know, like, you can, you can just do so much more with that auto, that, that six-speed manual. Um, like I said, I'll probably just compete in the multiply division with a single-ply shirt because I hate multiply that much. What is an attribute to your recovery? Is it just how much you sleep and caloric intake, or do you do other activities to activate recovery? I try to do as much as I possibly can. I sleep all the time. Uh, I have a CPAP. I've had a CPAP for over a year, and it has changed my fucking life and her life too. Because I actually sleep and don't snort like a lawnmower. Um, if, I, if I need a nap in the middle of the day, I take it. We call it a CPAP nap, and I love them to death. Um, I eat everything. My calories are super high. My weight gain is that if you can't eat your calories, then drink your calories. Uh, my weight gain has made a difference in my life as well. Um, I go to Jericho, our chiropractic friend. He works on my body from time to time. And, oh, this is tight. This is loose. This is out. This is in. You know, not just like, he doesn't just snap, crackle, pop my back and neck. He actually, like, physically, he'll work on my forearms. He'll scrape. He'll put a TENS unit on there. He'll put balms. He'll work on me. Stuff like that. Um, I've never had a massage in my entire fucking life. But I think next week I have one scheduled with one of our friends from the gym. Has a connection. So I'll get a sports massage for the first time in... 32 years of living, um, stuff like that, just high caloric intake. Any sense in two or three rep sets in a shirt to improve shirted max? Absolutely. I'm a big fan of doubles, really big fan of doubles. You can handle a lot of fucking weight. Yes. Paul says, have you ever thought about coming down to North Carolina and doing a 365 strong meet? I have I have not. Well, no. Okay. I have, and I don't want to, because the 365 Strong Federation 
Um, I don't agree with some of the things that they do. One in particular with benching, which is ironic, right? <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the fact that the handoff guy doesn't have to move out of the way of the judge. The handoff guy can follow the bar down like this. The handoff guy can let go of the bar when it's halfway down to a lifter's chest and somehow all of this is legal. So when I see 365 strong, not every single lift is like that, but I see that happening in that fed. To me, that is bringing the standard down. I get the safety aspect. I Trust me, I, we don't go to meets unless there are very specific measures in place. Uh, otherwise, hey, meet director, thanks for your time, but no fucking way, and I won't go compete. But when you're at a competition in the sport of powerlifting, uh, when all those things are happening, and it's only in that one fed that it happens, I see the standard being brought down. That stuff in the gym is okay. It's necessary. We do it because it's as safe as possible. But the time to the time to shine and do everything to a standard to uphold the sport is at the competition. And when I see that crap, I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine, whatever. You know. So no, I, I will not do three six five strong. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> the CPAP does help, doesn't it? <laughs> Let's see. JN the Tally? Let's see. How long do your Titan shirts last you? Like, when do you adjust or replace them? When I did my 1,050 in January, that was my first single ply meet with a, a, a shirt. But I, I trained in it for two or three months before that, so there's, there's four months. Then I did a meet in March, so... February, March, that's six months, and single, it's all single ply. And I have not had this thing adjusted at all, okay? So six months, two meets and six months of training. Um, then I did a meet in June, so April, May, June, that's nine months with three competitions. And then a month later in July, I did another competition single ply, that's 10 months. So 10 months and four competitions, um, with having no adjustment done to the shirt. So I think that's, that's kind of rare. That just happened to happen in my case with this one shirt. I'd say a good shelf life using it all the time would probably be between six to 10 months. This is single ply. Multiply is different. Multiply can last a much longer time. Single ply has to be worn so damn tight and the material has so much more wear on it from just from the extra movement that it's not going to last as long. Here's the thing with multiply. You're taking multiple layers with a bigger chest plate, multiple layers, and making it stretch this far. Boop. Whereas you're taking single ply, taking one layer that's this big, and making it stretch this far. Boop. A lot more movement in the fabric, so it's not going to last as long. But single ply, and I can I can still say I'm not speaking on the band shirts, the unlimited. I can still say to this day that single ply is far superior than multi ply. If you wear single ply correctly, then it can rival anything and everything multi ply. My 1120 is still the heaviest poly bench ever done, and it's single ply. There's something to it. There's something to single ply.
Speaking of, uh, Thomas says, speaking of the handoff guys, how do these people handle 1,000 to 1,200 pound handoffs? I got them. I mean, it's all a three-man handoff and stuff. But it's just when I see a guy hovering around a bar in a competition, I'm like, how is that legal? You do that in any other fed, it, it'd, be a, it'd be a no lift. Hand the bar to the lifter. Lifter has full control. Lifter steps out of the way or at least pivots out of the way from the uh, head judge. And, and then the lifter commences the lift. So I don't know how that's legal. I, I don't fucking know. No idea. Oh, I did I? <laughs> I got your last name right. Good. Good, good, good. This is Joe. You've spoken to me on Messenger. Okay, Joe. I'm hoping for 6 to 12 months on my Super Katana. Use it weekly. You're welcome. Absolutely. Hope that helped. What is the heaviest... What's the heaviest weight you've handed off to yourself? Uh... Pfft, I don't fucking know. Uh... Maybe 900 at one point? I think I was trying to be funny and... Well, not funny, but like show my ass a little bit and trying to do like a solo 900 pound like a no 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 bench like no spot um no safety like some something really stupid i think i handed off 900 pounds to myself once but it was really dumb that's a that's a perfect way to fuck up your shoulders i don't recommend it matt says once you get moved jason lawson i'm not familiar with that name puts on some of the highest quality APF meets I've ever done been to just south of you in Kentucky and Tennessee. There you go. See? APF, upholding the standard. Um, that's awesome. Okay. That's, that name is Jason Lawson. Gotcha. Oh, three-man for real. I have not been paying attention. Yeah, every single... I, I would argue every single 1,000-pound or 900-pound bench you see these days is all done by a three-person handoff yes so. yeah because that poor motherfucker in the middle if he has to do it by himself like in the usapl he has to do it by himself fuck that and nick yeah it's, it's ridiculous nick says hey jimmy you've helped me so much before okay cool how do you deal with doubters and haters oh. <laughs> it's been tough with having people i consider friends telling me i shouldn't continue well, oh, the, well, then they're not your fucking friends. You've they're, lost a lot of friends. They're cunts. Leave them in the dust, dude. I've I've sacrificed a lot of friendships in the past because they're like, well, why do you have to lift? Why do you? Why can't you do this? Well, why we we want to go do this? Why why do you have to be here? Why can't? No, you're holding me back. You don't get it. I wouldn't be where I am today if I was in this sport to please others. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I love helping people. But I'm not doing this sport because others want me to. I'm doing it for me, for us, really. So no, if, if they're telling you you shouldn't continue, tell them to get fucked and you keep doing what you do and leave them in the fucking dust. Dude, tell them to kick rocks and, and fuck them. I know, I'm just, I'm very adamant about that. <laughs> Matt, you used to see a lot of people, see a lot of those handoffs like that back in the old SPF days when the Westside Pro-Amps were a thing. Yeah, it, it just, dude. <laughs> um, it's, it's just, it's crap, man. I mean, 
IPA, RPS. RPS has a fucking start command, you know. Uh, I think start commands are kind of dumb. I think the, the, the point of the start command, like with the RPS when Gene was still alive, was that he wanted to eliminate the soft handoff. That's cool, but in my opinion, good judging can eliminate the soft handoff. Judges see a soft handoff, oop, failed lift. Don't do that. Hands off the bar, motherfuckers. Get away from the bar. Uphold the standard. Cody says, I've heard it too. Fuck those people, the haters. Yeah. They're, they're just, it's irrelevant. It's just words, you know. If they're just throwing words at you because they don't want you to stop or want to manipulate you somehow, word, what the fuck, you know. I mean, words get to me once in a while too, but like, Unless someone's coming up to you and shooting you in the fucking leg, that would that would actually stop you. Maybe that would that would prevent you from going any further for a little while until you recovered. But words are just words, and it's hard to it's hard to accept that sometimes. I feel that too, because man, sometimes it just kind of gets to you. But you know, APF do they have a European branch? Yes, Emma and Calais run the w, the WPC in Europe. Yes. Man meets like every weekend. Yeah, they're, they're all over the fucking place, Thomas. Look up, look into Calais and Emma. They run the WPC that's in uh, the UK. So look into them. Yes. I mean, it was more of a, I should quit because some other kid has a better total. I say it's just a marathon, not a sprint. Oh. What? Well, yeah, dude. Every, every, every landmark fucking... There are people that have way bigger troubles than you. Should you quit? Yeah. I mean, if, if you know, if that's your pat, dude, it's, oh man, I, I could go, I could go on. It's like 1130. I could go on for another two hours just on that subject. Yeah, that makes no sense. Like, no one has a bigger total than Hoff. So is that saying everyone except for him yeah. is powerlifting? Dude, trust me. Fuck whoever that is. You know, the Eiffel Tower, the Empire State Building, uh, I don't want to say it, the Twin Towers, they were pretty tall. Uh, the, the, the fucking Dubai building, the tallest building in the world, was all started from one spot, the bottom, and built up from the bottom up. Fuck those people. Okay? <laughs> will Scott Mendelson ever get another good lift in competition? I really think he will. I hope he stays healthy, and I want to see him back on the platform. I really want to see him do it, and I think he's fully capable of it. <laughs> Dude, go to sleep. We have shit to do tomorrow. <laughs> well, uh, before we go, I'll just uh, end it with talking about um, a virtual seminar, so to speak, that we have coming up in July. Um, we have about 10, 11, or 12,000 pound benchers, myself, Ryan Canelli, Scott Mendelson, Tiny Meeker, Tony Carlino, Doug Smithy, Rich Putnam, I can go on and on and on. About 10 to 12,000 pound bench pressers all coming together on a Sunday. I think it's Sunday the 14th. No, 10th. Sunday the 10th. Sunday. Sunday, July 10th, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We had to pick that time because Calais will also be hopping on there from the UK. And we're going to sell tickets. And if you buy a ticket, you get to hop on the live chat. And we will all be in a chat room together, all 12,000-pound benchers. Like I said, Ryan, Scott, men, you know, all of us. And you can answer live questions. You'll ask questions for any of these lifters. We'll have a moderator, probably Katie. 
and she will direct the question to the lifter. And you get to ask any question, any amount of questions you want. We'll put a cap on the whole thing, probably an hour and a half, so that we don't, we're not wasting everybody's time. And they're going to be able to ask questions ahead of time? Yes. Uh, you like can, when they sign up? And you can also ask questions ahead of time that will be read directly to the lifter as well. So there you go. Yes, all, all the proceeds go towards the Colbstrong Scholarship Fund. Yes, we will we'll make a lot of uh, noise about that here in the coming month. Uh, you're referring to the seminar tomorrow. Yes, we're, we're, yeah, we're conducting that at noon, so we don't have to get up early. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, uh, Patreon members, uh, be on the lookout tomorrow night. I will have the entire seminar recorded um, and put up there late. Uh, by the way, Patreon is ten bucks a month. If you're ever anybody's interested, it's ten dollars a month, and you get to see all the training that I do, every set, every rep, of every movement I do in the gym, that leads me to some of these big bench presses. Ten bucks a month on Patreon. Matt says, when will the tickets go live for sale? Uh, sometime this week. I'll work on it. Probably Monday or Tuesday. There we go. Look. If they're not following the scholarship page, that's where it'll be posted. Scholarship pay the Cole Strong Scholarship uh, Instagram page. That's where all the information will be. I'm going to talk about it as well. Uh, stories and posts and things like that. We're going to have 12,000 pound benchers on the same chat. You get to ask them questions. All right. So everybody have a good Saturday night, a good long weekend, uh, Memorial weekend. So please uh, keep in mind what, what this holiday is about. Um, those who have lost their lives and giving us the freedom to do what we're doing here and doing all the other things we get to do as Americans. So please remember that. Okay. We got one more here. You should come down to Crooked Creek Barbell in Waverly, Ohio. Well, we're moving, we're moving back to Ohio in, uh, in September or October. So maybe someday. Okay. Thomas, you have a good, uh, it's 5.30 a.m. Jesus Christ, Amsterdam. All right, well, everybody, please uh, have a good rest of your weekend, and then we'll probably see you next weekend, all right? Take care.